Hey everyone, great to be with you today. My name is Nikki. I'm an ordinand. I look after Alpha and the young adult stuff here at St. Paul's. And if you're here last week, you'll know we've been journeying through Advent. Uh, as we look towards Christmas together, Advent is a time of waiting, of expectation. And last week, Phil spoke to us from Isaiah 64 um, about hope. And today we're going to continue speaking about the prophecies from this book during this Advent season. Thinking and wondering what does it look like to wait for Jesus to come, but also know Jesus has come and celebrate that. So last week we spoke about hope and today I want to talk to you about joy, anticipating joy now and in the future. So we're going to be looking at another prophecy from the book of Isaiah today and I want to say Isaiah is a book um, I think I've overlooked. I feel like I've missed so much from it. Uh, Isaiah talks to leaders in Jerusalem about judgment of sin and that's never really nice to read like long chapters, like long chapters about judgment and wrongdoing. But actually Isaiah is combined with so much hope. Um, Isaiah was a prophet and he believed that God would one day fulfill all the covenant promises from Genesis, that he would send a king to establish a kingdom and would lead Israel and God's blessing um, and salvation would spread to the other nations. So that's what I'll be speaking from, this idea of anticipating the blessings of joy now and in the future. So today the passage is from Isaiah 35. And the subheading reads, A joy of the redeemed. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocuses, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord. The splendor of our God strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The bursting sand will become a pool. The thirsty ground bubbling springs in the haunt where jacks calls once lay grass and reeds and um, pyrus will grow and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravished beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing everlasting joy, with crowned their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Now, I want to start by asking you guys a question, and it's, imp it's an important one. I wonder if any of you guys have seen the movie Elf. Uh, it's such a good film. Uh, it's a film with Will Farrell in it. Um, it's when an elf goes to the big city of New York uh, from the North Pole uh, in search for his father. Uh, and you have to watch this um, if you haven't. It's also a Christmas film, so it's the best time to watch it now. Although you can watch it anytime throughout the year. 
um, Buddy, uh, the main elf, is an incredible, joyful character. Uh, he's not just happy, even when circumstances he finds himself in aren't great. He just still loves life. Like every, everyone he meets and everywhere he goes, he's just focused on spreading joy, serving others, and is totally one-minded, fixated on um, Christmas, uh, the coming of Christmas, and Santa. I wonder what, what would it look like if I went to uh, the streets of London and asked, would you like more joy this Christmas? Um, I'm sure some people would say no, like I'm fine, uh, thank you, I'm happy the way I am. Um, maybe they'll just walk past me if I even manage to stop them in the first place. But I'd like to think most people would say yes. I wonder what your answer would be if I asked you, would you like more joy? Or what I think of when offering joy is the tension of what I'm offering and what you expect. Perhaps when I say joy, you might think of maybe like a promotion in work. Uh, you know, Christmas is coming, maybe it's a gift, maybe you have a half or a friend is gonna buy you a nice car like a Porsche maybe. Uh, I need that friend. Um, but it, it's interesting, uh, isn't it, how those sorts of things still always leave us just wanting more. Like it just doesn't completely satisfy. But we know that real relationship, true deep relationship is what brings us satisfaction, uh, satisfaction. Uh, not belonging and or like money, but having good friends and having family and people that care about us. That's what gives us that deep sense of joy. And even more than that, it's a relationship with our Father God that gives us that deep sense of joy. And it goes beyond happiness. When things start going wrong or when like material things fade or get lost, our mood changes whilst like the joy, we have that inner satisfaction that we know uh, God. We have a greater fullness despite circumstance or situation. And just like in the movie Elf, um, the whole film really is about how for some people their joy comes from receiving gifts. Um, there's a business deal to be completed, but for Buddy the Elf, his joy comes from Christmas and a deep joy um, than just the uh, material stuff that's going around him. I think back to when um, I gave my life to Christ a few years ago. Um, I was told the narrative of Jesus being a gift and in accepting him, my life, I, I would have so much joy and freedom in my life and life and life to the full, as it says in John 10, 10. And that is true. You can expect that here and now, that gift of joy is offered to you. Uh, maybe you know that feeling of accepting Jesus into your life and how amazing it is. And if you haven't, you can, you could do so today. Uh, I was so captivated and I knew whatever I wanted to do and whatever I'll be doing or where I'll be, I'll be serving Jesus and worshiping him. I was so expectant and had this fullness within me. But actually, it still wasn't how I expected it to be. Uh, it was a difficult journey and it is still a difficult journey to be a follower of Jesus. I'd been told my life would turn around and everything would be fixed and be happy and joyful. And it did, just not the way I thought it would be. Relationships continued to break around me. Um, I looked around and that the idea or image of suffering in the world kind of heightened. Um, addiction stays for me and feelings of emptiness every so often still just gnawed at me. 
again. Um, even when I moved to Lynn a few years ago, um, I moved from Manchester from graduating. Um, I had a very settled life there. I had a lot of friends. Um, I had a girlfriend, great job, family close by. But when I moved, I felt like a lot of those things began to slip away. Uh, and a family member of mine as well um, had passed away. And I was in just a place of complete low, of loneliness. And perhaps you know someone, maybe throughout this past year, it's been difficult and you know similar things or you might be experiencing um, those similar things. And there's no words that can describe that sadness. Yet still somewhere I knew that I clung to this joy that I had in God, that he is all I needed. Jesus does offer and promise us joy and life in all its fullness now and a taste of heaven on earth. But that still unfortunately doesn't mean that we don't get hurdles our way or barriers. But we all in some way or another, we're facing suffering on this side of heaven. And that's the real tension, isn't it? Experiencing joy that we experience Jesus brings and tells us, yet continuing through tough times. We all wait for the time where we know everlasting joy and when sorrow and sighing will be removed, which is what it says here in this passage in verse 10 at the end. For God's people in this text, we read from Isaiah, Isaiah, as they were being taken into exile in Babylon, they could look forward with anticipation and expectation to being rescued by God and brought back to freedom in Jerusalem. That is their joy for now. Yeah, I think that this is the picture in Isaiah. What he's saying is there's something far bigger than just a return to the physical homeland place of Jerusalem. This is a prophecy of God's people returning to their eternal homeland in heaven. Uh, if you look at the passage, you'll notice Isaiah writes about like 30 times will be or shall be. It's a future belief, a future hope. Isaiah paints a picture for us in verse one of a scorched desert. But then he anticipates how that desert will be transformed into a garden with bubbling springs and blossoming crocuses and grass and reeds and flowing rivers. And I had to Google what crocuses are. Um, it's a flower. Uh, I'm not a flower guy, but um, I can appreciate and you can that image of emptiness and like dry land into a place of life and beauty. Isaiah writes on, the ransom of the Lord shall return with song and everlasting joy. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sign will shall flee away. And that's what we long for. That's what we all long for. And the eyes of the blind will be open, ears of the deaf unstopped. Lame will leap like deer, mute tongues shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And just like the people of Israel, as we are anticipating joy for the future, as we are awaiting the Christmas season as well, how should we wait? Well, Isaiah gives us two commands on how to wait. So number one, it's be strong. It's to strengthen the feeble hands and steady the knees that give way. Say to them that are a fearful heart, be strong. And the second command is right in the same verse. Do not fear, your God will come. It's a command to be strong. Fear is not an option. 
that phrase, do not fear, is in the Bible 365 times. Kind of like God saying once a day, every day for a year, be strong and have no fear. Now, you know, saying that is a lot easier to say than do. Um, you know, you can't just suddenly just be strong and not be afraid. Uh, like I'm afraid of pigeons. And no matter how many times people say like, don't be scared, like I'm scared. And it makes it worse when people say, don't be afraid. But just like in Elf, Buddy, he has no fear, does he? He isn't afraid of what might happen. He isn't afraid of what people think of him. And the reason is he has relationship with Santa. He knows him. He shouts in the middle of the toy store, doesn't he? Santa, I know him. And from that place of relationship, knowing the person he is looking forward to seeing, he finds total and complete joy, which helps him to be strong and have no fear. And in the same way, how can we have no fear to be strong? Well, we need to have relationship with God. Just like we've been talking about in the discipleship um, series, when we have intimacy with God, it comes from that place that we begin to change. The reason you can be strong and have no fear is that God is going to be with you. He is here now. When Isaiah was saying this, he was painting Jesus He's saying God will come and we celebrate Jesus has come, God with us. And we know him in the desert now and we're in one. As I look out, the world is broken. Everything we see on the news, it's, it's, it's weighty, it's sad. And in this season, we can take time to remember but also to celebrate, to find joy in the story of Jesus coming to be with us. And it's from that place we can do what Isaiah encouraged the people to do. We can be strong and have no fear because we know our God is coming to save us. In Jesus' name, amen.